The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Good morning, South Florida. Here we go. Annex Wealth Management shows on the air. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Busy half hour. We're going to talk about a webinar coming up, the upside to a down market. That's good. Another edition of Ask Annex. Got a question for us? We're wide open at AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. My name is Danny Clayton. Good morning, Mark Oswald. Good morning, guys. Mark is our Chief Compliance Officer. Our Chief Investment Officer is Derek Felsky. Hey, Derek. Uh, good morning. President. CEO, Annex Wealth Management, David J. Spano. Hey, David. Hey, Danny. How are you? Hope uh, everything is well. And to South Florida, lots to cover, so we're going to try to move fast today, guys. So uh, uh, let's move quickly. We saw a, uh, a number of uh, events this past week. One, of course, was the unemployment report that came out on Friday. It, it was not shocking to anybody uh, the number of losses that we've had, Mark, but it is a number that we need to pay attention to because it's a number uh, of unemployed that we have not seen since the Great Depression. It's an unbelievable believable number when you think about the staggering volume of people who are no longer working in our country. 20.5 million people in the month of April alone. It translates to an unemployment rate of 14.7%. Unemployment rate of 14.7%. So add that on top. By the way, and it was 108 at the peak in the financial crisis right. in 09. But you add that, to Derek, to what's called the U6 number. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but it's those who are marginally unemployed, and now you're at one in five Americans. Yeah, the U6 number is, for, is those who have stopped looking for work or couldn't find a full-time job, and that number rocketed to 22.8% uh, the end of April. Now, the market uh, knows that this was coming, and they also know that the GDP number is going to be horrific for the second quarter, somewhere between 30 and 40 percent negative GDP for the quarter annualized. And so the market, you look at that, and all of a sudden you look at what happened on Friday, and we are 29.29 close, 29.30, call it on the S&P 500. That is a heck of a rally. So it seems, Derek, there is a disconnect between what's happening with the stock market and the economy. Yeah, there, there, there clearly is. I mean, right now we've had a, almost a 38% rally off the lows in the S&P 500. Uh, that followed a 35% decline from the high in February. And for the year, the S&P is down a little bit less than 9%. That follows a 30% up year in 2019. So all the other things being equal, the stock market reaction uh, to the economic chasm has been really extraordinary. And if, Mark, if you're sitting at the Starbucks uh, uh, on 41 and, and you're talking to having a conversation with someone and you told someone that the triple Qs did what this year? It'd be unbelievable because nobody would believe you. They'd want to know if you spiked your coffee because the triple Qs, which is the NASDAQ 100 trust, is up for the year. I mean, it's in the green and it has gone very well. And you look at that 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 uh, ETF itself, and it's made up almost 30% of Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon. And because of that, those companies have done well. Companies with good balance sheets, companies that had a lot of cash on hand and are well capitalized, they've done well. And so you'll think about it in these terms, Derek, of why is this disconnect, disconnect happening? One of them is Tina. 
Well, Tina, yeah, the, that there is no alternative. I mean, we th- this year, this week again, we saw interest rates go to new lows. Like the two-year two-year bond is trading at you know 12 basis points. Uh, we know the Fed funds rate March of 2021 at one point on Thursday actually went negative. So interest rates are extremely low. So when you compare those level of interest rates, because fixed income is obviously an alternative to equities, and you compare that to some equities, like an example, AbbVie, which yields over seven percent, these stocks look very attractive on a relative basis for those that are willing to tolerate the additional uh, volatility of an equity holding. Right. So if you look out a year from now, two years from now, you can say you can see why this is happening. But the other thing that is that can't be overlooked is what's called the Fed put. Can you explain that? Well, the Fed put, I mean, there's an old saying on Wall Street, you don't fight the Fed. And essentially, when the Fed is adding liquidity to the system, either by by pushing short-term rates low or expanding their balance sheet, that generates liquidity in the system, some of which finds its way into the equity markets. And so the other thing that's happening, Mark, as well, is the fiscal stimulus is now nearing $3 trillion. There is some chatter that there's going to be another bill. I think the market is going to have to try to digest that because I am not sure that both sides of the aisle are going to agree upon this. Yeah, and some people are saying it might move a little slower than the first time around. You know, a lot of money came out, those stimulus checks, most people have gotten them. Not everybody, but the fact is is that they're trying to put money into the system, trying to keep the consumer with dollars in their pocket, going out and continuing to spend to continue to try, at least in part, to support GDP. There has been this dichotomy between the economics and the market, so you have to ask yourself, what is going to have, what is going to spur on a sell-off? And there are a number of reasons that this could happen. We are going to cover that at the end of the show, so stick around. But Mark, for sure, right now, you need to know what's in your portfolio because of this dichotomy. There's no doubt about it because it couldn't be more important than right now to know what you own because different sectors are going to behave differently when we come out of this crisis. And you need to know what's in that portfolio, not only from the names that are in the ETF or the mutual fund that you own, but what what's the responsiveness likely to be? What sectors are you exposed to? If you haven't had that free portfolio review done or it's been a while, now would be an excellent time to take advantage of that. We believe in it so deeply that we'll do it for free. And by now, we mean on a Sunday morning in southwest Florida, you can do it, and we will get back to you early this week. The website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Coming up, another edition of Ask Annex. Also details on our webinar that's coming up on Tuesday called The Upside to a Down Market. That is all on the way on the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask Ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. 
We are back. It is time for Ask Annex. You got a question for us? Head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. We're getting more and more of them all the time. We get back to everybody, and some of them wind up on the radio, like our first one from John. Did you get us in trouble, Derek? Okay, first off, here it is. In reference to a comment made by Mr. Felsky on your radio show about high-yield investments, are you saying that an investment made in Citigroup or Caterpillar with active managers, for instance, is better than an ETF like VYM? Well, what I, did you do, Derek? Well, I, I feel old. Today is my birthday, and now I'm being called Mr. Felsky, which I do <laughs> not nice. appreciate. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, the comment I was really making was about high-yield bonds, basically saying that you know, with the Fed now involved in buying ETFs in the junk bond market, they can take the price of those ETFs above and below net asset value. And I would be uncomfortable with that because generally speaking, when things go down, it goes below NAV. And when things go up, it goes above NAV. And I, I would much prefer using an active high yield manager in the bond space. VYM is actually a high dividend paying ETF from Vanguard. There you go. Uh, next one is from Brahman Polly. Of late, I've been having a severe case of FOMO virus that fear of missing out. I know you've been asking your clients to hold off since this may be just a bear rally and that another sharp downturn is coming soon. However, the market has shown no signs of slowing down. It just keeps going up. Currently, I believe the market is more dependent on coronavirus progress rather than the economy. What should I do, hold or jump in? Generally speaking, the problem we have is we don't know what the trajectory will be from the economy. We've seen the stock market V down 35% to up 35%. But depending upon how the recovery goes, how the progress against the virus goes, how reopening goes, that's going to influence what the data is going to say. You know, Derek, what about a concept like dollar cost averaging for people that maybe took a time out and, and did some rebalancing at the end of last year? Well, we're doing that. I mean, right. we're doing that. I mean, in fact, you know, I did any number of tickets and, you know, and selectively choosing the pieces of our model we feel are most opportunistic right now. So generally speaking, you know, fixed income, I more or less go all in. Uh, because I feel like there's not a whole lot of volatility there. It makes sense to earn the income. When we're building portfolios. Exactly. But, you know, in terms of like, do I want to buy the tech sector after it's had such a huge run since the March 23rd low? Probably not. Would I nibble at healthcare? Maybe. Would I want to buy small caps? Probably. It's Ask Annex. Get a question for us. You can head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Ask button. If you want to get going with us on our free portfolio analysis, click that Get Started button. Also, sign up for the Axiom while you're there and subscribe to our Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. All right, next one is from Joanne. This should be simple, unless it involves math, and I think it does. (laughs) Would you recommend I refinance my home at this time? My current rate is 4.3%. That's an interesting question. There's a lot of moving pieces in there, actually, Joanne, because one of the things that comes to mind right away is when we changed the tax law in 2017, a lot of people went away from itemizing deductions to taking the standard deduction. So whether you can deduct your mortgage interest from your tax return in addition to the charitable things that you do, perhaps, and and your property taxes and things like, like that, if you can get beyond the standard deduction and get the deduction for the interest rate on your mortgage, on your primary mortgage, then this becomes a different answer to this question. Currently, the rates right now, for instance, on a 15-year mortgage, if you were able to go there, are about 3.2%, somewhere in that neighborhood, depending on the lending institution. But you know, if you look at a 30-year rate of an APR that's closer to 4, you maybe want a little bit more of a gap in there. But I would invite you to talk with, if you want to give us a call, we've got a short list of people that we would recommend that would help you look at a different mortgage. And I bet they are crazy busy. You bet. I mean, I mean, almost I mean, too busy. Yeah, well, you look at a 10-year bond at three, you know, 
0.063% or something like that. The rates have never been lower, and for a lot of that, you know, for that reason, a lot of people are refinancing. Last one on Ask Annex is from Richard. Are there any changes to the 2020 RMD calculations? Well, the calculations haven't changed at this point in time. The fact that you need to take an RMD is what has changed. And for people over 70 and a half this year, if you have not taken your RMD and you don't need to take your RMD, you don't have to take your RMD. So get with your advisor again and get that ironed out because you're getting income unnecessarily. If you're taking your RMD and you don't need it, you can move that off at least until 2021. And some people are saying they may do away with RMDs forever. Hey, got a question for us? We would love to hear it. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. While you're there, sign up for that free portfolio analysis, and we will get you going. Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary, and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Hit the Get Started button. Start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. It's easy to forget stuff. Keys, meetings, anniversaries. Remember who sold your annuity to you? Once the check clears, it's rare to hear from them again. Annuities are often oversold to people just like you, generating substantial sales commissions. They're misunderstood. What sounds great during the sales pitch dissolves into something that's hard to figure out. Good news. Annex Wealth Management offers unbiased annuity reviews with no catch. When you see the way Annex operates, you'll know the difference. Unbiased annuity reviews from Annex Wealth Management. That's all you need to remember. Annex Wealth Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Things were going pretty well before the coronavirus turned the world upside down. Markets got rocked. Investment account balances went down. 401k got hurt. Many people frozen in the tracks. Annex Wealth Management is in the fight. In the blink of an eye, most of our staff went to work-from-home status using video chat software to maintain connection to our clients. Instead of group presentations, we're now in an era where webinars let even more people participate because they don't have to leave their home. We have two special webinars coming up, and we want to tell you about them. But first, let's meet two of our teammates who are putting the webinar together. Ron Johnson, Senior Financial Planner and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Ron. Hey, Danny. Thanks for having me again. You bet. Eric Strom, also a senior financial planner and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Eric. Thank you for having me, and hello. See, both these guys are working remotely, and we're hooked up with them just like we do the webinars. Now, the webinar that we're talking about is the upside of a down market. Eric, tell me a little bit about what led to the creation of that presentation. Yeah, so Danny, just like you were talking about, market downturns often lead to these feelings of fear and panic, right? But we want everyone to remember that there are strategies, financial planning strategies, tax strategies that specifically work well during a down market. So months and years from now, we might be looking back at this time with you know, markets way down, with required minimum distributions suspended like they are in 2020. We might think, well, if, if only I had the foresight to have done such and such. We want to talk about what some of those strategies are. And that's what this upside of a down market event is covering. I touched on it, and I think everybody understands this. When when portfolio values go down, we just feel that that gut punch, right? And and fear abounds. Ron, there's really no way around that. 
Yeah, and we saw this specifically in 2008, Danny. You know, when you're in the market and your retirement is on the line and you see the news reports every day about the market going down, every nerve in your body is saying, sell and run, get out of here, get keep what you have. And that's sometimes the, the worst thing you can do because when you sell and you go to cash, you don't know when you should get back in. And, that, and that's the second part of the equation that's just as hard. Know the difference, right? I mean, we talk about that all the time. Let's talk about how Annex Wealth Management approaches different strategies and planning assessments. Eric, your difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. Risk tolerance and risk capacity. Risk tolerance, that's that psychological ability to endure losses. And for many of us, that's being tested very strongly right now. Uh, but there's another lesser known concept out there, and that's risk capacity. What risk capacity is, what is that right amount of risk that an investor ought to be taking in order to reach their financial goals. So taking too much risk in your portfolio, that's an obvious risk there that, that folks know about. Taking too little risk in your portfolio, that can often be just as risky actually, but less obvious. So why do we care about this distinction? Well, as a starting point for making the right financial moves during a down market like we have now, whether it's employing some of these tax and financial planning strategies we're gonna be talking about, you as a starting point, you first have to understand your risk tolerance, but not only that, but also your risk capacity. Ron Johnson and Eric Strom are both joining me. They're both senior financial planners and CFPs at Annex Wealth Management, and they're talking about an upcoming webinar we've got called The Upside of a Down Market. Ron, we talked about various methods, but here's one. How do you handle a Roth conversion strategy? Yeah, that's a good question. And really, when the market is down, that's an opportune time to really think about converting money from your traditional IRA or, or in your 401k and moving it to a Roth IRA. And the reason why it's such a compelling move is think of it this way. When the value's down, the amount that you move to Roth, that's going to be taxable income to you. So if the value of it's down, that means you're going to pay less income tax. And the idea is, is you move that money into a Roth and when the market rebounds, and our thesis is that it's gone at some point, of course, that when it rebounds, the rebound is now tax-free. Talking about the upside of a down market. Okay, then how about employing tax loss harvesting strategies? This is also an important concept. So let's use an example. Let's say you had a share of XYZ company and you've had it for a long time. Well, you no longer want to own the company. You think there's a better investment for you, or maybe you want to be more diversified, but you've been reluctant to sell it because you've had so much uh, built up capital gains in the position. Well, now that you saw that we've seen a fairly large correction in the market, maybe now is the, the doors open for you and you can go ahead and sell that, realize a little less in capital gains, in some cases, maybe a lot less, and then move that position into another investment where you feel more comfortable. So now might be a really good opportunity to uh, follow that strategy. If this sounds interesting, folks, we're putting on two quick webinars on the upside of a down market. The first is on Tuesday, May 12th, 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern. Second, Monday, May 18th, 2.30 Central, 3.30 Eastern. We do two different time zones. We've got clients in many different states. You can sign up at AnnexWealth.com events. This is a mini webinar, Eric. How much time should somebody budget for this? 
our prepared information is only going to be about 20 to 25 minutes with about five to 10 minutes of questions at the end. So this is a half an hour commitment, very brief, right into the point, and hopefully given some information that really helps people out during this down market. Sweet. Eric Strom, Senior Financial Planner, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And Ron Johnson, Senior Financial Planner and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to come on, Danny. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Going to catch up real quick on the webinars. Tuesday at 4 o'clock, the upside to a down market. Details at AnnexWealth.com slash events. And then Wednesday at 10 a.m., Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense. Again, all of the details at AnnexWealth.com. While you're there, click that Get Started button. Thanks, Dan. And you, at the beginning of the show, we talked about uh, everything we're seeing on the economic side and what could possibly trigger a sell-off. And Derek, you know, it's a matter of being a risk manager as well versus just trying to chase assets here and we think that's happening to some extent that people are starting to chase some stocks but there's several reasons why we could have a pullback and we'll have to talk about this as we get later in the year but there is a presidential election as well as there is an election uh, in the senate and the house and the polls are not looking good right now for the republicans no and larry fink actually of blackrock was talking in the middle of the week about where he thought corporate Corporate taxes could go. He thought the corporate tax rate could go up from 21% where it is currently up to 29%. That obviously would not be a good thing for corporate profits. In addition, you know, given all of the fiscal stimulus we've seen, uh, the Treasury calendar is going to be busier and busier, which could put some upward pressure on on, on long-term rates and at, at the same time be a headwind towards economic growth in the future. That's right. So you put those things together, and we'll all remember that when the corporate tax rate went down 15, 16 percent. That went to their bottom line. That was part of the huge rally that we had in 2018 and 19, right? And so all of that went into that. And so if that gets reversed back, we're going to have to take a look at it. The other thing is you, you mentioned, Derek, is interest rates. And you know, there is this continuing conversation of negative interest rates in this country, which is really an interesting conversation. We thought we wouldn't see that here. We saw it in Europe, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. 
Yeah, we will. I mean, obviously, it's 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 kind of a, a it it basically runs against the goal of monetary policy. If you're lowering rates in order to stimulate uh, lending, which ultimately is what greases economic growth, when you push rates to a certain level, it almost discourages lending, and that's what we've seen in Europe. We've seen that in Japan over the years. I mean, negative interest rates and zero interest rates sound really good, but in practice, they're not an elixir. They do not guarantee growth, as we've seen in Japan. It's been 20 years of stagnation uh, for that country. So that's something we obviously have to pay attention to. Uh, the other issue, Mark, that we've talked about a little bit, too, is you know trade. Trade went on the back burner uh, in January. We signed a trade deal with China, a big one. We also chined, signed one with Mexico and Canada. But there is a possibility that this during this upcoming presidential election, China will become a big issue. It certainly could. I mean, you start thinking about all the angst we went through in 2018 and 2019 with the tariffs talk and, and, and the threats that were out there. And there's been more talk about that this this month, you know, that, that we may go back to a adverse relationship with China when it comes to trade. And that softened a little bit as the week went on. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, those are the two world's largest economies, and you would like to see that they're getting along. And the most important number that we're looking at is earnings. And it's really hard to, to, to put a number on this when so many companies, Mark, have said, we don't know what their earnings are. And so it certainly seems like a lot of investors are flying blind. Well, you you are, because you look at the guidance. You know, when you get the earnings numbers at the end of the quarter, it, it's kind of a rearview mirror approach. You're looking back at what did you make last quarter? What did you, How many times did you ring the cash register, and what did that translate to in, ter- in terms of earnings per share? When you're thinking about guidance, you're thinking about what's the company going to do six months from now, or a year from now, or a year and a half from now? And so many companies now are not issuing guidance because they're just like everybody else. They don't know what's going to happen with the coronavirus. They don't know when the economy is going to rebound. They don't know if there's going to be a second wave. So not issuing guidance is kind of a, you know, it's a protective thing to do, certainly from a CEO standpoint. In the last minute or so, Derek, let's talk about what our thoughts are about earnings for 2020 and 21. Well, you know, initially, you know, when the when we first shut down the economy, we came up with a number of 140 for aggregate earnings for the S&P 500 in 2020 with 163 in, in 2021, which was essentially what we earned in 2020. 19. And we've actually, as a result of what we've seen from recent earnings reports, the guidance we have gotten, our sense of what GDP is likely to look like in Q2, Q3, and Q4, we lowered that number down to around $110 a share for 2020 and $140 a share for 2021. So if you're to put a multiple of, say, 18 times our 2021 number, that leads to an S&P of 2,500. And by the way, we're trading at 29.29 as a close on Friday. Right. We're about 10 to 12 percent higher than that, which is why in some... In in many cases with our portfolios, uh, you know, at Annex, we have de-risked our portfolio some. Now, frankly, given the reaction we saw this week, that was a little bit premature. But again, we're trying to manage risk as well as return. And we have any number of clients do not want to see a a, a retest of those lows we made in March. Well, thinking about risk, I mean, if you're out there this morning and you're thinking about the ride that we went through in March and April, I mean, the markets have come back quite a bit. You kind of get a bit of a do-over right now. But if you haven't had a risk assessment done or really looked at your portfolio, in terms of risk, take advantage of doing that right now because getting your portfolio constructed properly to match your risk is so important if we continue to see volatility. Thank you, guys. 30 minutes is all we have on a Sunday morning. Spend some more time on our website at AnnexWealth.com. Read our story. See what we're all about. We would love to help. All you got to do is hit that Get 
started button. That's it for the Annex Wealth Management Show for this week. We'll see you. This is 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.